Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Megatony. One Batrock Zellipper. <laughs> One fortnightly discussion on comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Rabbi Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 214. It's a good French accent you got there, Eric. I'm a Francophile. That's true. It's true. It's, uh, what, you, it's what you call ja- fans of James Franco. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We need to have a talk, Eric. I don't have any thoughts on that man, actually. Mm-hmm. What do we need to have a talk about? If you're actually a fan of James Franco. No, no. We have to have a discussion I, about him. I like I liked him in that episode of 30 Rock where he pretended to be in love with a docky. All right. I don't know. There's some very bad things floating around about that man, so... That's fine. I don't care. Apparently, uh, everyone's a turd. Yeah, it's that's, kind that's of true. literally fine. Everyone's bad. Mor- uh, Morgan Freeman. Bad. Bad. He's harassing bad. Harassing people on stage or on set. Excuse me. Yep. He's bad. Everyone's bad. Don't be. A, don't like anyone. Everyone is a bad Jeffrey, person. Jeffrey Tambor screamed at uh, Mich- uh, uh, Lucille Bluth on on uh, on set. That doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't at all. He seems kind of that type of guy, from my impressions. <laughs> an an asshole. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's what you're, that's the, I was having this discussion earlier today that he's coming clean about that uh, in order to distract from his allegations about harassing the trans, sexually harassing the trans woman on the set of um, um, Transparents, what it's called. That is what it is called. The trans woman, not the trans woman, because that's a fucking weird thing to say. Anyway. Hey, it's Mites. How you guys doing today? I distinctly heard, I'm awesome. Cool. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, we're going to be talking about Gwenpool, the unbelievable, later on in Nerbo Book Club. So hard to believe. It's pretty unbelievable. It's in the title. And as mm-hmm. the book even establishes, if it's in the title, it's totally canon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later. Before that, though, before that, Eric, we have things to do. Things. Things. Segments even segments yeah like a good old-fashioned radio show has them you know they do part mm-hmm. they do parts of the show and they call them names that sounds sounds reasonable okay uh well let's let's get to our first one it is uh the segment to start the show it is floppy fortnightly floppy's fortnightly is where eric and i will read a selection of the past couple weeks books tell you to buy or do not buy them tell you what we feel and think uh, may or may not be mush meter involved if we're feeling a little mushy, you know, for, you know, maybe we don't want to, you know, we want to stay on the fence and we maybe step a foot a little bit on one side or the other. Our first book is Black Panther number one. Okay. Written by Todd Nessie Coates, art Daniel Acuna, letters Joe Sabino, um, cover by Daniel Acuna after Brian Silfries. Mm-hmm. I was very confused when I saw that, that. Like, why are we reading this again? <laughs> Looks identical. It's not the same book. Not the same book. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, the Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda. 
So, very, I don't know. I like this. I It's a very strange thing. I still like it a lot. Yeah. Um, I do think that it's, um, I mean, Ta-Nehisi Coates writing more comics. It is Black Panther at the helm again. Um, you know, these are good things. Daniel Acuna doing a, a gorgeous book, you know, Th- there's great stuff, you know, in this, this is still really, this is a departure. This is a weird thing to do. Very. It's a, a, a strange, I mean, it's like a, I don't know. It's like an Elseworlds, a what if story told in the Marvel universe almost. Cause it's hard to see where this is connected to anything current or relevant. That's, I don't know, there's there's a little bit of an afterword or something by uh, Coates, and he's like, yeah, this is kind of weird, huh? You don't know what's, is this the real T'Challa? Maybe? Yep. Ooh, who yep. knows? Um, We'll see. I don't know. Either way, it could be this, could, I, I, however, how canon it is, is inconsequential. Honestly, I feel like it's, uh, the story storytelling is very good, Akunya's art is good as always, and... It is actually pretty dense uh, storytelling as well, which I, mm-hmm. I I appreciate. It covers a lot of ground, in, in, like in in an issue. Uh, which... I, I think the 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 fact that Tanahasi Coates is a very good comic storyteller is still surprising to me. Um, I, I don't know. I he's still going to do Captain America, right? Yeah, I believe so. I think they're just I mean, that... finishing up a. The current arc. Uh, yeah, the current arc, and then he'll the, do that. The, Is it still Samney? No. Somney? He qu- he stopped at issue 700, I think. was I forget what it, Whatever. It was a big round number, and, or 500, or whatever it was, and he's now doing a career-owned thing, I think. Okay. As far as I can tell. he's That's what he's working on. Um, Were you aware of the kerfluffle that happened uh, with Ta-Nehisi Coates quitting Twitter? Uh, after uh, Cornell West called him out. No, I don't. I mean, I've. Do we, do I, we really not talk about it? I don't remember. I think this I, was a couple of I, months I'm, ago. I'm, like I'm aware of it happened, but we. I don't yeah. think we talked about it. I think I just went okay and moved I, on. I swore right. I swore we talked about it. I talked. Uh, I talked uh, pretty lengthily about it uh, with Erica, my girlfriend, because um, it was. Very, very interesting. Um, he wrote this weird piece in The Guardian that I think is still available um, where he called uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates a, uh, a neoliberal. And the, the one of the critiques that really stuck out in my mind is that he fetishizes black suffering. Um, and I don't know. I only bring that up in the context that we have this story about the Wakandan empire in space. And it starts off with T'Challa literally being a slave for whatever odd reason. It just seems like an odd choice. I'm sure this book will be great. And Coates is an excellent, uh, an excellent comic book writer. Not everyone does so well in the medium. Um, yeah, I'm sure this will be interesting and a good read, but I thought it bears mentioning, you know, I, this whole thing with Cornell West was fascinating, and I, I the whole time I thought it was an asshole for doing it. Whether I mean, I don't think he's wrong after reading some of Coates's writing. 
Um, but he was wrong to call him out in public and humiliate him. And basically people hounded him off Twitter. I mean, I just read this as, you know, a, it's, it's a, a science a, fiction. Yeah, right. it's science fiction and it's a Wakandan, like T'Challa, a, a version of T'Challa, if this is, you know, the mm -hmm. whatever Black Panther this is facing his own empire that is now the oppressor. Like, that's an yeah. interesting mm -hmm. spin on things. Like, there's not. Really, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's I don't. I just went okay. Twitter. No, it's it's I. I think you, if you have a, a a problem with that, you don't write a big hit piece and try and score points off of someone. I think he could have. I don't know. Whatever. Had a we conversation. Don't to, we don't need to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like people. I'm a buy. You don't. Yes. On Black Panther number one. Despite the Cornell West hit piece on Tana Hussey Coates. I am still a fan of uh, of uh, our neoliberal friend Tana Hussey Coates. I don't. I wouldn't call him a friend. I've never. I like him. I mean, he's I, my I, I like he's him. He's my comrade. Uh, okay, I like him. Okay, okay. He's he's my buddy. Toverish. Uh, that's double by on Black Panther number one. Uh, next book is Avengers number two. Uh, by Jason Aaron and McGinnis, inks Mark Morales with Jay Leaston, colors David Curiel, letters Corey Pettit. So, following up, more Avengers, the final mm -hmm. host. Um, don't remember when. I don't. I. I guess I missed the part where Jennifer Walters like is more hulky when she hulks she's out. Dumb, now. She's dumb Hulk now. Yeah, I, I, maybe that happened in one of those She Hulk books that I missed. Um, I but, was gonna say it probably was uh, where the Mariko Tamaki books were going. Um, but this is hey, remember Loki, Eric? The the villain who's in every uh, Marvel movie now. Yeah, that one. Do you remember him? I I remember the green meanie. Yes, he's in this now. He is. You, he's apparently the bad guy. Yeah. What What are your thoughts? Man, I miss Kid Loki. I don't want him to be just I, I don't know mustache twirly villain. I I don't want to analyze this book too deeply though. Right. I mean, I don't like Jennifer Walters as like the I can't think Hulk. Because that was what was awesome about her, is she was this badass, powerful woman who was a fucking, like, genius lawyer, and just, she was great. It was wonderful. Um, I, I mean, th that is not Jason Aaron's decision. He inherited that. But, like, I, if I don't think about this too deeply, it is a beautiful book that is a big, dumb, like, fun thing to read. I don't think it's going to change things dramatically. I think I can turn this on and watch them fight giant monsters. And, you know, Loki being the bad guy. Like, I'm wondering, is this just... It's Loki, so... Yeah. Things are not is... what they appear. Uh, well, I mean... Generally. Yeah, of course. All I'm saying is, like, is this only... I mean, is it? does it work? Are their sales really up? Because of comic book movies, do people give a shit about this? Because this this is this is more cinematic. Mm -hmm. You know, Loki's That's... the bad guy. It's familiar to us. They're fighting big monsters, and I I think like I don't mind the popcorn nature of it. Like I think that given all the bullshit in the like I just want I want feel good heroes being heroes. Simple simple shit. I mean, or not, not like, 
this is more what I'm in the mood for in in my superhero comic right now. Okay, you just straight up a buy then. Uh, you know, I like it. Um, flawed but really beautiful, and I'm I'm into it. I like a lot of stuff about it. I'm, I think it's all right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I I don't know. I'm I don't I'm I don't want this loki really i think no no i don't either like i said i miss i miss kid loki yeah kid loki was cool and kid loki was the best i don't like i know i know that, that like this that is the back this is the back to basics avengers like that's the whole point of like mm-hmm. diversity it was like here it's tony it's thor and oh, it, yeah. it's cap and then you oh, yeah. bring in like the you know the the the, the extraneous people to fill in the, the the roster and they're not even really on the team yet like they haven't really yet they haven't even had really avengers assemble yet because ghost rider and hulk or she hulk or i don't know she's hulk again she's still hulk or she's she hulk who knows i don't know uh they're fighting each other for whatever reason i don't i don't that's heroes fighting each other because they don't like have a single conversation about things is a, another sticking point for me i'm like they, they're gonna fight you should probably have a reason not just oh they she popped into existence and got hit by a car i'm like well mm-hmm. okay um I, i'm interested about dark celestials like i still find big giant galactus is cool and i am positive that loki all the stuff that loki's doing is you he, he calls himself an avenger i feel like there is probably some other there's probably some hidden stuff going on in here i assume because AJ Aaron's pretty not he knows those the that Thor that Thor stuff pretty good at this point I think. Um, he's written he's written a few Thor comics yeah, in his day. Yeah, one or two. I I think I'm a buy just a little bit mushier than that first issue. I feel like this is yeah this is mush it up for me just with the 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 Loki reveal. It's not. I think I'm still like it. You're right. It looks beautiful, and the Guinness's art is very suitable for this kind of comic. Like big punching giant monster mm-hmm. Galactus guys, so I'm like a mushy. I'm a mush of one. I think. I think I'm just gonna go one to demonstrate my my hesitance to go. Oh, it's Loki, and he's this the same old Loki. I I definitely have the same um the same caveats that you do, but I think it's okay. You know, I I expect it to. I I expect the stupidity that it has. So it's all right. It's all right. Mm-hmm. It's all right. So that's a double buy on Quicksilver. Not Quicksilver. That's our next book. Damn it. Double buy. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. Double buy on Avengers number two with a motion meter of 0.5. Our next book is Quicksilver. No Surrender number one, written by Saladin Ahmed. Art Eric Wynn. Col- colors Rico Renzi. Letters Clayton Cowles. Um, I like me some Quicksilver. Yeah, famously so, you like Quicksilver. I like me some Quicksilver. Uh, I like Saladin Ahmed's Black Bolt run quite a bit. I think it's very good. And this is shaping up to be the same. I uh, he's This is char- Quicksilver character study. And I am 100% on board with that. So, I want to ask you... I want to ask you some questions first, just uh, generally about the character, because I'm not... Okay. I'm not the most caught up on it. Uh... Is he back to being a mutant, or is he an inhuman now, or whatever in the fuck's going on? Did they ever untangle that knot? I have no idea. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, I mean, obviously, the history with Magneto is still there. Yes. Because it's touched on lightly. Mm-hmm. He, he puts clown makeup on him, or whatever in the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Other questions? No, I'm just sort of thinking about what I want to ask you. Oh, okay. About this specifically. Um, I mean, I do think he says some interesting things in here. Um, I do enjoy it, and it's it is surprisingly quiet and introspective. You know, it's it's interesting to see that that done. Like this, this feels like. This feels like a weird '90s Vertigo comic. It does. I think it's something about the something about the look of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels the, like a Sandman the, book. It does. It does. Um, I always like to generalize and say Vertigo, but in this situation, I do mean. I mean, it could be like I think Dave McKean published some comics with Vertigo also, but maybe it was all self or uh, uh, indie published. I don't remember, but it it doesn't feel too far removed from that either. Um, what is it about this that like seems surprising to you? Like what, what were you, what, what's interesting and different about this that you weren't getting? Like what, I don't know. What are you interested to see in this? This is like one of your top five comic book characters ever. Um, we've, we've talked, we've talked many times about your thoughts on Quicksilver. I think that one, like, uh, Peter David's X Factor Quicksilver is, I think, the still the definitive version of this character, and mm-hmm. that, and he stopped writing he that enough, a long time. He doesn't time. seem to be a. He doesn't seem to be enough of an asshole in this. I mean, I feel like there is. I I don't want that forever. I, I feel no. like there is th- this. Uh, like, obviously, time doesn't pass in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not really, um, but. I am totally fine with a different act, like taking that same kind of character, like, and it touches upon it a little bit. I feel like you can't write Quicksilver, especially Quicksilver solo book, unless you are like have, a, having read that X Factor run, and then probably like the Son of M book that came out after uh, House of M ended, which I think was also very good and d- deals a lot of Quicksilver inhuman stuff that a lot of people forget i think and i feel like that Mm. book is more sorrowful and melancholy than the x factor which is mostly i'm an asshole but i'm also you know usually like right and doing the right thing i'm just in trying to those two things together cause complications for quicksilver but that that son of m book that miniseries is i think the second best quicksilver book and it's much more recent it's only like 10 years old now i think or more, maybe 12, I forget, when was House of M? 2008 or something? 2010? I forget. Um, but this, I, I, a slightly more introspective, a little bit more mature Quicksilver is totally fine with me, and, and frankly, what I, you know, I, if you're just going to tell the same story again, you know, what's the point? This, I feel like, brings up different aspects of his history, of his character, and challenges him in a different way, like, He's an arrogant guy, but there's no one to be arrogant to in this. So what, like, the, and he's the fastest in the world. You know, he, they even talk, they talk a lot about speed in this thing, which I think is really fun. Um, but now you're challenging him in both those ways. You know, he's alone and, you know, his annoyance has always been other people. They're so slow, but now they're not moving at all. And that, I don't know, that's very like little tweaks, little, it doesn't. Like, it's not a big, like, seismic shift or anything, but it's challenging the character in an interesting way, and I think that's ultimately what this book... Like, it's a miniseries. It's not going to be... Maybe if it sells really well, there will be uh, a 
a longer series. But I'm interested to see what happens. I think uh, Ahmed did a fantastic job doing a very similar kind of character study on Black Bolt, and I have faith that the this will continue to be very interesting. Um, I th- I think I'm a fan of his. Uh, I think I'm a fan of his comics now. This is a a good guy. Right. Um, I mean, I think the art is really good and very, also very, like you said, it feels like it looks and feels like a Vertigo comic from the 90s. And I think that's not a mm-hmm. mistake. Um, I'm a buy. I, from a Quicksilver fan, I'm a buy. Mm. I'm right there with you. This is, this is good. And I, I, uh, I officially want more from the man. I think um, a couple more books, the way he's doing them, you know. It, it, it's solid he's um he's gonna be he's gonna be like the by 2018 version of tom king i'm gonna get pretty excited so double buy quicksilver no surrender number one next up is new challengers number one uh written by scott snyder and aaron gillespie pencils andy kubert klaus jansen inks brad anderson colors darren bennett letters new age of heroes <sighs> Do you remember, you know, that Terrifics book that we like a lot, Eric? Yeah. Uh, it, it it came out recently. I mean, there's an issue that uh, number th- four, I think, came out mm-hmm. the same time period. Uh, I we I think we both still recommend that book, right? I would say. I I mean, I haven't t- I haven't uh, checked in for a while, right. but I I think that it's it's the right kind of comic bookie in the DC universe. So this feels like that book. Except it's grim. It's I don't think it does. I think it feels like a bad book. I don't. It. I. I. I say that because I mean it. I don't like it. I'm not. I don't think it's good. Yeah. I'm not saying that is a good thing. I just feel like the Terrifics is about these four. These four different heroes. They're kind of like the Fantastic Four. Very castish. Like even lost in space, almost like. Yeah. spun through the universe discovering things they see tom strong they all have very you know they have the, their own unique personalities and powers that clash off each other in interesting ways this is new challengers this book is hey we're gonna take all these heroes and we're gonna throw them at these weird insane crazy problems but they have a countdown timer on them and if they don't do it they're gonna die and i don't know i just that very idea like it's i don't know i I really like the idea of just four heroes like encountering a problem like a Star Trek episode where they like are intrinsically interested in the idea of a thing and just want to be altruistic and do good. This book is like, no, we're going to hold people hostage so they solve problems and then eventually they'll probably die anyway. And that's just like so diametrically opposed to it. it like to begin with, it upsets me. <laughs> I, I I don't like that I, very idea. But where are you getting that they're heroes? Because I think you know, are these established people? Because they all seem they all seem to at least to me like four randos. Well, I mean, I I assume I mean they they I think they you they, just mean you yeah you just mean four characters. Yeah, I mean yes, like the, our 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 heroes, our protagonists. Yes, they are I, sure sure I follow. I, I mean, I, I I have a feeling like some of them are established and they're just not letting mm-hmm. on what their true thing is. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, I just it I I don't find that I, I don't like that idea to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then I don't the execution maybe if execution was like perfect, I could yeah, this, find this, this it. This is not the best Snyder that I've ever read for sure. It's so 
again, I, I so wordy. You know, that, that was exactly what I was going to bring up. We might have talked about this briefly, but I know someone's tweet I read recently where they were talking about, like, if you're putting it might have been Jody Hauser. I don't remember. Like, if you're putting this much dialogue in your comic, you're kind of fucking it up. And I was thinking back to that Carl Kershaw. What was the book with the tiger and just how sparse and, and Is- Isola? Yeah, like how suggestive and how very little was said and how it says so much more than this book that has a billion fucking words in it that mean nothing, that they don't reveal character or plot. They don't reveal anything. It's not like it's not well crafted. It's just words, 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 words. It's just fucking so much. And it's so boring to read. Oh God, it's not even, it's not good or interesting or fun words. It's just, it's just, let me put a bunch of shit on this page. It's so, God, just frustrates me so much to read this book. Yeah, I I don't, it, it it doesn't show confidence in your artist. No. To communicate what's on the page. And or even, even even in your own fucking writing. Yes, that too. And I don't want to hear all of it. You know, I don't want, no. I, I, I like you, you can communicate the idea of, yeah, these people are now uh new, you know, they're, they're, they have a countdown timer and they've been conscripted in the service. And here I'm the evil bad guy who does takes care of this. Mm-hmm. I, I, like you can communicate that in much fewer words. And there is like a guy melting on one of these pages. This just melt starts melting because we yeah. have to, we have to show an example of what happens. And, there's them going just like people screaming about why would you do that and ugh that's gross and I'm like well I, you don't have to tell me like have them why would you I don't if I saw someone melting in front of me I would not go like I have like formulated thoughts ready I'd be like mm-hmm. one I I I yeah. I'd either say nothing or I'd just say like fuck that's weird I like yeah. I uh, yeah I think you'd be quiet and traumatized for a couple of hours and then, but they just, they talk and they talk and they talk. And there's a guy yeah. named in this called Crunch with a K. I mean, like you do. I'm, I'm a do not buy this. The, the Terrifics remains the only New Age of Heroes book that I, I, that I think is good. This one's poor. You should not buy it. It's a do not buy on uh, New Challengers number one. Uh, next book, Flavor number one, uh, written by Joseph Keating, uh, Art, Wook, Jin Clark, Colors, uh, Tamara Bonvillain. Letters, Ariana Maurer, culinary consultant, Ali Bazari, Fernando Arguello on flatting assistants. I love that um, there's a, a culinary consultant mm-hmm. for this book. That really, that does make me happy. I I like this book. I no. think. Yeah, uh, it's, I, think I, I think it's very good. I think I'm, I think I'm becoming a fan of Mr. Keating as well. I don't remember too much outside of um, Shudder. Uh, Have we read any other things outside of Shudder? He has that uh, wrestling crime book, Ringside. Oh I man, I do, I do remember liking that. I did not realize that was him. But he's he he's written a lot of stuff. I just don't yeah, have... no, no doubt. I, I've read other stuff that I just can't remember off the top of my head. Um, this book is fun, and I think you you set basically any story in. I don't know, a little this weird fantasy world where cooking is really important. It's like just go ahead and, and push all of my buttons. I'm I'm into it. 
And there's a dude with a giant sword wrapped in a mummy. It's great. There's a there's a guy who makes a an ant out of his dog. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, this is. I, I don't know. I think we're. T- I, I checked in with that that uh, cooking game. Mm-hmm. I and, was thinking about that when I was reading this. And, it's like and a, they have fe- female protagonists that are like mm-hmm. you know kind of on the edge of things. They're like outlaw cooks to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, I but in a Ghibli esque world. I don't know. Like I, I think people use the word Ghibli esque too often to just mean good, uh, <laughs> like well, well crafted worlds uh, mm-hmm. that are that are charming. Um, but it applies here because that is what this is. It looks beautiful. Um, well, I, I, I hate to tell you this, but like Ghibli's very influential, so there's going to be a lot of Ghibli esque shit. I understand. I mean, as long as it's done well, I don't care. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I think th- this book does a lot in its pages i like the characters a lot it yes it, it communicates a lot about the world without be well, without bombarding you with without thirty hundred thousand billion million text bubbles on every page yeah it's like people are talking, saying nothing people are talking yeah. but it's all like important stuff that you want to know yes <laughs> it can it conveys information i swear to fucking god scott snyder <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a buy on this book. I think it's very good. Uh, I, I I'm I'm into it. I'm into this. It makes me hungry. Well, I mean that's my default state. Hungry? Yes. Oh, okay. That's a double buy on flavor number one. Uh, our last book is Crude number two, uh, written by Steve Orlando, art Gary Brown, colors Lee Luffridge, letters Thomas Maurer. We had read the first issue. Uh, I think we we're a little. I know you were more tepid than I was. I was curious. Yeah, I, I, I think even more so. Like I don't know what Steve Orlando's doing here. Uh, yeah, it went the it doubled down on the things from that first issue that I did not care about. Mm-hmm. This has turned into fucking like weird Russian walking tall. Yeah, John Wick, but instead of a dog, mm-hmm. it's a gay son. And I'm, yeah, and it's not even a gay son. He's like a bisexual polyamorous son. okay okay fair either way I- i'm i'm curious with well, the thing that interests me in this book is the idea of this ultra masculine dark grim dude uh. who never really didn't get along with his son because his son wasn't him and his son dies and he feels guilty about all that stuff and so he goes back to try and figure out what's happened the mystery and the examination of this character is the stuff that that of that first issue that hinted at things at time a part of it and i was like if they keep if he if they dig into that i'm on board because that stuff like that stuff is interesting i think those themes are interesting to me but this is just gang warfare and him killing mm-hmm. killing dudes which is like fine but it's not i can get that out of a lot of books it's not that yeah. interesting the setting of like an oil town in the future uh, Okay, again, it's just a bunch of gangs that I don't understand. That oh yeah, here's this one gang. They and then there's this mm-hmm. other gang, and here's some names that you don't know. And yeah, here what they're the same basically. Oh okay, again, what does this have to do with his son? Why is this the like? I mean, I I understand you have to move the present day plot forward somehow, but I'm not interested in gangs of New York 
future oil rig edition. I the mystery about his son's death is the thing. I, and oh yeah, well he has to talk to the. I don't. I don't. This part. I, I might. I might like go back when the trade comes out, check out reviews, see what the people think about it. I'm not. I can't. This is not enough for me. You know, I don't. Mm-mm. I don't need a bunch of pages. Of people getting beat up. It's like eh, okay. I'm not. I'm again. Like I'll read Avengers if I want people to get beat up. I want like character and stuff. There's not any real character in this on the side. Oh, this guy can beat people up. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Mm. He put Predator mud on himself though. He, for some reason, I don't. There's no Predator in this book. I think I'd probably like it more if there was a Predator hanging around. I'm just a, I, I like I think I still think I like the art. I think the art suits the book, but I'm just not interested in this version of this story where it's a bunch. This dude has to punch people to work. Like if there, and there's not even like I need to punch people to work out my feelings in this. Even it's just I'm gonna punch people because I'm a. I I, I, I don't know. It do not buy. It's I just I, there's nothing in it that I want. Yeah, I'm I'm sad to say that because I do I I think Steve Orlando is a force for good in comics and it's been getting harder and harder to see that ever since um ever since he's moved away from Midnighter. I've enjoyed everything less and less and less and less and this is just not my bag at all. So I'm I'm also a do not buy. That's Double Do Not Buy on Crude, number two. And that's it for floppies this week. Uh, well, next time we'll have more. I promise. There's always more. They never end. They never end. Just never-ending supply. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part show. Eric and I will talk about uh, stuff we've been up to uh, during in-between episodes. Movies we've seen or things we read or played or whatever. Eric, what's going on? Did I talk about uh, a little game called Stardew Valley? Uh, no, no, no. Not on this podcast, no. Yeah. So, um, I bought my girlfriend. Um, she she has a daughter, so I got her a Mother's Day gift. It seemed like a sweet thing to do. I bought her a copy of Stardew Valley. And she does not play video games. And she is now addicted to Stardew Valley. And I think a big part of this is because I also bought myself a, another copy. So this is the third copy of Stardew Valley, really the fourth, because I bought an extra one in a humble bundle and gave it away. Um, so I bought I bought Stardew Valley for the Switch, and I bought a copy of Stardew Valley for um, uh, on GoodOldGames.com on GOG.com mm-hmm. and put it on her Mac. Um, the Mac ports great no issues with it um it still sucks playing it with a mouse oh god it's awful i hate it the controller is really great i really like playing it on the switch i'm currently finishing up summer of year two um i'm a lot better at it than i remembered being i remember not being so good at it when i played it first so i've i have figured out how to sort of maximize things and spend money on assets Mm -hmm. i was inspired by how you told me you you retired on your farm a millionaire i think i i think i i want to i want that life Mm -hmm. i i was a good i was a good farmer boy i didn't uh Mm -hmm. i did not cede to the corporate overlords that were trying to take over our cute little town 
And how do you, the, there's, is there, there's, there's, there's fighting back against Joja. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's only through the community center stuff. Um, oh, that's what you have to do. Yeah. If you, I mean, it looks like a huge pain in the ass to get all that stuff. Eh, it's after a certain point, your farm is not a problem anymore. It does. No, it I get it that. does its own thing. And you're like, well, I could either, I, and then you get married and then you're like, okay, well, I have a relationship with this person, whoever I chose, and I have a farm that basically does its own work. I just have to like take stuff out of a, a factory machine at one, at, you know, once or twice a week or something and sell it. Um, and then I have a whole bunch of time. I've already, I've hit the bottom of the mine. What else, what else is there to do? So, you know, you work on the, uh, the community center stuff, but it, you can choose. There's basically two paths with the community center. One is you do all that work, you know, you get all the things at once and you turn them in, or you, uh, basically just let, uh, Jojo do all the work for you. And then you let Walmart take over the town basically. <laughs> but I, I did not, I, you can do, those are the, the good and bad endings. <laughs> If you want to even call them that, because the game does not end, it goes mm-hmm. on. You you can play forever. Yes. Uh, the I think at a certain point, it just kind of you've done everything that you're probably going to do. I think that there's a lot of depth, and it probably is possible to get 100 percent of everything, but it's also a thing that a crazy person does. I yeah, I put 85 hours into that game, and then I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I've got it. Um, I'm surprised you guys. Yeah. I don't. I, you haven't tried the. I don't know if it's on Mac, the multiplayer stuff. No, uh, I don't know that. You can do multiplayer forums now, but I think it's still in, I think it's still in beta. I think they're still testing it all out. But there's plenty That's of people. That's really fun. Plenty of people who are you can share farm a farm basically, and so you can you know have four people I think do work on a farm at once if you want. But I think it's only on PC right now. Maybe on Mac. Yeah. I don't know if it's on Mac or I don't. I know it's not on Switch or yet, so I don't know. But right. I, I imagine eventually it'll get to i don't know maybe i don't know nintendo's pretty precious about how their internet stuff works on the game so i don't know but no uh stardew valley is a she's addicted because it's that's what that game is like crack it is like i yeah. need one the, the way that game works where it's like one more day oh i go to bed if i get up i can mm-hmm. do all these things oh so, yeah so okay oh my day's over oh there's still at least eight things i need to do okay next day i'll do them there's always more things in your day. You're, you just got to, oh, I'll wake up one more time. One more day. I have I have in my, uh, the first thing, I, once I get out of bed, like in my sort of a big extended kitchen, I uh, I have like 20 to 30 uh, fermenting barrels and I'm making wine and I'll like wake up and there'll be like one of them done. I'll get up and check on it and then I'll get up and check on another thing. And then all of a sudden I'm I'm halfway through that day. And then I'm playing another day, and it's just the same thing over and over. It just it gets hard to stop. It's at a certain point, but yeah, it's such a such a great such a great goddamn game. I wish I could say I went to MegaCon. You didn't go to MegaCon? I did not go to MegaCon. I'm surprised. I am surprised too. Basically, uh, my brother came into town Saturday. And he was taking some time off and wanted to go to the beach. Uh, and it was raining, so I hung out with him uh, after an art show that I went and did some vending at, sort of to gear up for uh, Heroes coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I we, we got really drunk, and I was a little hungover the next day, and instead of going to Megacon, I sat my ass in a chair, drank water, and played uh, Stardew Valley all day. 
So I, I regret this. I really wanted to go to Megacon and meet Drew Moss and, oh gosh, I forget who else. Uh, Donnie Cates is I, there. Oh man, that is a bummer. I do like Mr. Cates. I'm trying to think who I, it was another artist that I regularly interact with online, um, but I wanted to meet Drew. I'll, I'll see Drew in North Carolina, which is fine, but the other one I don't think will be there. But yeah, um, I like Comic Cons, and I'm sad I didn't go. I think that's about all I've gotten done. I've been I drew Japanese wrestlers. That's good. I haven't seen yeah, them. Just, I haven't really. Oh, I did post them. Um, was it on Facebook? No, it's on my Twitter. Ah, uh, that's a, yeah, I only put it on. Yeah, you'd have to ignore it. Just let me send it to you. Okay. Um, I, I can start with that. I've been off Twitter mostly. I've been I check yeah. in like once or twice a day, like in the morning and then at nighttime when I'm done doing stuff. And uh, then I stay off of it, and I felt much better about myself and life. Yep, and that'll do it. I, 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 it's, I'm not like, oh man, these are very good. <laughs> you, well, I'm glad you enjoy you, them. You, you caught, you caught me in the middle of thought, and then I see fucking ridiculous Okada here, and I can't. Though the oh Tanahashi too, Naito, Ibushi, all oh, these are so good. <laughs> God, they're amazing. I'm glad you enjoy them. Man, I could fucking draw these guys all day. Like, seriously, like, how do you look at these dudes and just not be, like, in fucking awe of them? Like, basically every time I would, like, look up a new, like, one of these guys that I never knew before, you know, because you, you, you helped me, like, create this list, and I didn't change it after what we went over. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, I'd looked up these guys having never known them before, and after, like, fucking looking at a page of just them on Google Images, I'm like, I'm in fucking love. Like, it just, they, they just fucking carry it through so well. I don't know what it is. It's just amazing. Well, they're, the, the the list we uh, we created is... Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're fucking superstars. They're, I yeah, that's top of the top. That's so not, they're that's very, not the B team. No, I they're, get that. they're very good at their job. Yes. Um, but it's like so fucking obvious that like I've not even seen them work and like just like their promo shots, like just their fucking like the most distilled form of their essence. It comes across so well, you know, that's been the most fun thing about doing these. That's this. That's um, I did um, Kenny Omega also, but I only wanted to do the Japanese dudes, um, even though he, he wrestles mostly in uh in New Japan Pro, yeah, he is a he's the he. I mean, they have relationships with other com- oh, yeah. companies. Like he, they all of them wrestle in Ring of Honor. When in when they they do crossover tours, they wrestle in Revolution Pro in England. Um, but other than that, large like Kota Ibushi is. They say he's still a freelancer. I'm not sure if he hasn't signed an exclusive contract with New Japan, and no one just no one knows. But um. They all these guys wrestle only for mostly only for New Japan. So yeah, they are these are very good. I like these a lot. Um, I've just been watching in preparing preparing for a separate podcast about Japanese wrestling. I've been watching a lot mm-hmm. of these fellas. And in case you're wondering, I have not spent enough time <laughs> on that. No, it's it's. I mean, it's it's hard. You have to do it in little bursts because I, after I like three or four matches, you get burned out because they're really intense. Um. Those are very good. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter is g- good for like seeing cool art 
that your friends draw, it's also not good, I think, for my mental health. It's very, it is very toxic. And I, I mentioned it beforehand and that we kind of got started on this Twitter conversation before the podcast. We were just sort of talking. Um, but Brandon Graham has, um, as of today of this recording, you know, it'll been yesterday by the time you listen to this, or maybe, maybe today, if you are really motivated to publish this tonight. Um, yeah, he, he stopped talking about like how it's bad for his mental health and, you know, it's just wrecking him. And, and people have been very upset with him over, um, not even harassment allegations. Basically people are just saying he's a douchebag to be around. Like he was drunk and acted like an asshole. Like that was the, the, the full accusation. I mean, I don't know. People can be upset, at, at, but he has pulled away for now. Um, so like it, it is still anyway, the thing I was driving at is someone was seemed like they were subtweeting him, vague booking about him, uh, about how like, Oh yeah, you know, you like Twitter's toxic. That's not, that's not Twitter. That's you, you know, that somehow that like it is what you put into it, but like that's horse shit. You know, maybe if you follow four people, <laughs> yes, you know, it, it is, it's very, I, I tried to be very positive on, on Twitter. I mm -hmm. tried not to make fill it full of just rants and angriness, which a lot of people seem to do. I uh, just trying to put things here. I like this thing. I feel like this is really cool. Here's criticism, but not really. It's not like, Hey, I hate this. It's more like, this is interesting. Uh, this is an interesting thing about this thing, but it, I, and I also unfollow people who are unpleasant to to read their Twitter and it didn't matter. It still was just a bunch of getting bombarded with mm -hmm. just that much good or bad. It just was too much. And I stopped using Twitter. I guess what? I finished the first draft of a book because I started doing more work. I wasn't distracted yeah. as much and I felt better. I think that that is a big problem, certainly for my own productivity. I mean, I was, I was neck deep in social media last year and last year was a very, uh, productive year for me um but like there's something about social media that like that anxiety of needing something to do like you can pour it into being productive and making art mm -hmm. you know or cleaning the house or exercising or any of these things that are in general good for your life mm -hmm. uh or you can fritter it all away on social fucking media and I, I don't know. I'm starting to see, like, I fucking love social media because I love people and I want to talk to them all the time. But, like, I don't I, I, I agree with you. It's it's pretty poisonous. It gets inside your head. Yeah. Like, I start thinking the way people write tweets and it helps me write better tweets. But like that rhetorical bullshit way of communication, it's just it's I don't think it's really good for us long term. Like, we're not really supposed to communicate this way, and it's the fucking Wild West in that, this shit. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, I don't think people are honest enough about how, through not a lot of fault of its own, just is toxic. That people just take a thing and run with it without thinking or fact-checking. People are just, we're not evolved enough to communicate this way. No, I can't. I, I... You know, it, I, I'm not going to deny that it can have a positive impact on people's lives, make connections oh, yeah. that are good and helpful and f 
you make new friends or uh, professional connections to help there's, you succeed there, in life. But yeah, there's a lot of beautiful things to be said for Twitter. I have been a fan of me of, of, of it for ages, but no, g- g- bless you. I'm really, I'm, I'm really pleased you finished that book. I feel like a bad friend that, uh, that I've, that I, I, I was less aware of that. I, I think mean, I got a, I got a preview of it. Uh, when uh, our our mutual friend Yusuf Danik, oh that uh, that that's a different thing altogether. Actually, this is a different oh, is book from that. This is a, a the book. Good I wrote, for you. The book I wrote after that one, which I'm waiting for okay. more beta readers to get back to me. But, I I thought you sent me an older copy and I never read it. No, that was a like different. I said, I, that I, was also a, a, a different, different book. Different book. God damn, bro. Good for you. This is the third one then. Yes, and now I'm working on a fourth. Good for you. I like I like all this energy because you have to it's, to get better at writing. You have to write a lot. Yeah, it's true. Just like anything. I'm, I'm yeah. No, God. Yeah, you gotta get those hours down. But I've been doing that most of the time. Uh, I've also been reading a lot because you know, that also helps you write better if you read a lot of books. Uh, a lot of horror books mostly because I've been mostly writing horror. But uh, uh, also Harry Potter. I've been reading. I've also read Harry Potter. I'm one book left. I'm only book seven left in Harry Potter, and then I'll be done with it. But uh, I recommend one uh, book that is I would call it a horror book, but it is. I think other people have just called it weird fiction. It's not really. It's not like a normal horror book where hey, there's a monster or you know there's an evil clown. It's not Stephen King horror. Um, it is called The Beauty mm-hmm. by Aaliyah Whiteley. Um, it has been recently – it was published in 2014 in the UK. It's been recently republished uh, worldwide, I believe. Um, it's a short horror novel uh, in a world without women. The, it's a po- kind of post-apocalyptic, but not really because it's not I, – I, I don't want to use those terms for it even though it is, hey, there are no women left. They're all dead because mm-hmm. something came – some disease came and killed them all. But – it's not a typical post-apocalyptic kind of setting. It's not the road. It is not Last of Us. It is. It is. It's in a. The whole book is set in a very small community of only men who are ruling each other. Uh, the perspective character is the storyteller of the community, the guy who keeps the stories alive and trying to pass and like tries to entertain people. Um, and then the women come back, but not as women they come back as something other a third thing that you wouldn't talk about without it would spoil the a lot of the book right um but it is like every once in a while like i read stuff and i go this is very good this person knows what they're doing and that's and usually you know that's the stuff you seek out you want to read the books that oh obviously this writer is skilled and then once in a while i read books that i go this is another level uh this is kind of almost intimidating on how good everything me- meshes and meets together. Um, it it really plays with the idea. It's, it is a feminist horror novel in the truest sense of the word in that it is, it is taking gender roles and gender norms and the ideas of masculinity and what they are and chopping them up in little bits and presenting them in an entirely new light that I didn't, I like that's what's really exciting about it is that I couldn't even think of like I never thought about like this idea in my head that that like it's just something so stark and different that it's like exciting. Um, I read it in one sitting. 
Uh, I read pretty fast, so mileage your mileage may vary, but it's still relatively short, which I think most most modern horror is relatively short because I think it is relatively. I think long horror novels are the exception. Um, short novels, I think, are generally better. And this is even maybe a novella, honestly. But I think all those words are dumb. Uh, no, novel, novella, novelette. Now, now there's novelettes, whatever that means. Um, it's a short horror novel that is staggeringly impressive. Uh, I've read like probably like 15 horror novels in the past few months, and this is the one that stuck with me the most. That's a very exciting synopsis. You know, this is super random, um, but I was literally just reading a post that James Harvey made on Facebook uh, because he's a big Metal Gear fan. It was uh, Hideo Kojima talking about how he's writing a story that's basically the exact same premise all the women on earth die i can't imagine um because that was part of what uh, james's post was was sort of the weird trajectory that um kojima's on that some of his older stuff um it had really good uh female characters and then, like, Quiet appears, and she's mostly naked, and if she talks, people die or something. I don't remember. I never played that game. It's... That was that was his that was his jokey description of her. Quiet is terrible. That's, I, yeah, there's, a lot there's, of people there's, were very there, upset about her. There's people who defend that character. I don't know how they do it, but she's, like, that is, it's, she's, it's terrible. It is, okay, mm. hey, here's mean, a naked I, lady. Okay, I got, I, you, just well, say that, Kojima, just say, I wanted to put a naked lady in my game. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Just do that. Don't say, oh, no, like, the weird way that, okay, let's, yeah. we don't need to talk about it. No, I, I think that that is kind of the, the problem, like, you know, it was like, what's her name in Snake Eater? It's just like, let me unzip my thing and show you boobs, because well, boobs are fun. Like, I don't know, it needs to, like, that is sort of is what Metal Gear is. It's, it's dumb and there's boobs in it because boobs, if you're going to dress it up as, as art, you're just a, 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 a being a dingus. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that like, it feels like a better concept the way you're presenting it. This does sound like a very interesting book. It's very good. You should read it, Eric. You'll love it. I'm, 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 I guarantee I, I might. Right, I might buy myself a copy and get Erica one too. Maybe we can read it together. You guys would both. I think she would. It, she reads exclusively women writers. This sounds like a thing she would really enjoy. It's yeah, it's very good. I can't. I don't want to spoil it because it the 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 surprise in a lot of it is like it is part of the impact is like wow yeah. I did not expect this in any way. Um, I I also played a video game. I do that. Am I am I supposed to put my surprise face on? Is no, that what happens? Not, not at all. I'm just this uh, State of Decay two came out this week. I've been playing it. It's a fun game. It's not doesn't reinvent the wheel. It is a sequel to State of Decay one, which was hey, you're a survivor in a zombie post apocalypse, and you manage you ha- you're you go out, you scrounge for material, you manage a community, you try and invite new people in, you want to keep them happy. It's like you know The Sims, except there's zombies. Um, this game is iterative on that one. It just makes it much, much better, much more playable. That first game was very rough around the edges, very janky. This game still has some of that, but it presents information better. It's easier to play. It controls better. It looks better. And it's a, I don't know, you run around, you like, I'm a sucker. Like, I love the Fallout games, and this is very much like run around a map 
hey, I found some gasoline. Now I can put gas in my 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 hot rod that I stole. Uh, I guess I didn't steal it because the people who own it are probably dead. But I can put gas in that, and then I can drive around and run over zombies. And they explode when you hit them with a car. And, you know, it's a dumb game like that. There is, you know, also has the management aspect where you want to keep people happy. You got to have, uh, you know, there's five different resources that you got to collect and keep your, you upgrade your community so that you, you give them a better beds and a bigger storage area and a farm and, you know, other stuff like that. You can upgrade, you can move your house to a, big, a bigger house with bigger fences and a better watchtower and stuff like that. Um, again, it is not, I don't, it doesn't like, it's not like some crazy jump forward in video games or anything. And there's no real story to speak of. The story is kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it just, it comes from your, whatever, whatever you're doing in your, in your game. Like the people you encounter will be different from game to game and they will have different traits and that will Sometimes you'll run into bad people and you have to fight them. Sometimes the people inside will get angry and fight you from inside. Sometimes you exile survivors because you can't feed them anymore. Things like that. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's it's I'm having a good time with it. It's only 30 bucks on PC. Um, it's a Microsoft uh, Play Anywhere title, so you have to buy it through the Windows Store, which sucks. But after you buy it, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Windows Store is terrible. Their Microsoft is... This game is their new release. It's they haven't had a, a new release first party Microsoft game since Sea of Thieves, which is like a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I go to the Windows Store it, on the day it came out. I'm like, I feel like I, you know, I finished a book. I want to treat myself, and I have to search for it. Like it, yeah. it came out today, guys. Just put it. Shouldn't it be the first thing I see? I should like the first thing I open the Windows Store and under games it just say State of Decay Two out today. Look, buy it. I can't. Do I have to, like really Microsoft? You're a billion. You're bi- worth billions of dollars. You can't just get the game that came out today to be the number one thing on your own game store. That's the thing that weirds me out about Microsoft. Like I have that Surface that I've talked about a couple of times. Mm-hmm. They had the worst keyboard on-screen keyboard they don't allow aftermarket keyboards apparently and on top of all of that they actually made it worse by removing the best the best option on the keyboard so like that's just microsoft in general is they do i don't know they're, they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting really well but they just trip over their own fucking feet when it comes to shit like you're describing someone's Someone's asleep at the wheel on some of this mess. It's, it's, I don't know. It's really frustrating. I want to root for Microsoft and they're, they, they have done some good things, but like there's, mm, there's a lot of disasters and what you're describing sounds exactly 100% like a thing they would fuck up. Yeah. The game itself is good. I don't, if, yeah. if, if you like the idea of, if you're not tired of zombie games, which I understand if you are, I am kind of, it, it's kind of a game where you don't have to think much when you're playing it. It's, you know, you just run around. Oh, there's a zombie. I kill it. Oh, there's a gun. I pick it up. Oh, there's some gasoline. I put it in my base. Like, I can just kind of turn my brain off and just chill. Like Stardew Valley, except there's zombies. Um, that's it. I, I, I could talk about 1,500 million other books I've been reading, but, uh, you know, I would rather just pick the best one. Uh, we can move on. Sound good? 
I'm down. Cool. We can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerbo Book Club. Nerbo Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club, except it's a comic book. This week we are discussing Gwenpool, the unbelievable uh, volumes 1 through 5, issues 1 through 25 uh, by Christopher Hastings, Girihiru, and uh, a few other artists that did a couple issues mm-hmm. here and there. Um, but I think 75% is Hastings and Girihiru. I think there's quite a few that aren't Girihiru. There's there's some that are pretending to be, um, but Girihiru does uh, a, a, a fair share of it, for sure. The best of it, I would say. Definitely, but there, I wouldn't say there's anyone that's really truly poor in there. No, it it's, I, I think we'll get to, well, it's the same problem. I have a lot of Marvel comics where mm-hmm. you could just. Well, they're all, they're all doing that shit now. Yeah, I know. Um, I've read, I had read a, a good portion of this prior to this. I know, Eric, you had read probably like, we did like an issue or two for the podcast and you probably had not seen the rest, right? No, you would, uh. You had talked about how you were reading it on your own, uh, apart from us reviewing other books, um, and you you kept piquing my interest because, like, I I enjoyed the first one fine. I thought it was okay, um, but I had a a fucking blast reading this. This was more or less exactly what I wanted. It's and and much better than I thought it was going to be. I think it it grabs a hold of the, its core idea mm-hmm. and then and pushes it as far as it can go. It doesn't it isn't afraid yeah. of what it is. It it is I, I haven't seen like it's just a weird dumb quirk that Deadpool is, has that fourth wall breaking sort of metafiction aspect occasionally. Mm-hmm. This definitely takes it like so much further and is it's actually really fun about it. Yeah, and, God, and funny, frankly. Yes, I yeah. I laughed at this book. I I like out loud. I literal not just like oh that's funny, but actual like laughing out loud. LOL. I I can't remember if I uh, if I laughed out loud or not, but I did. I did enjoy pretty much every issue. Um, I think maybe I did laugh at when Modok was talking to that pen. That that made me laugh. Oh, Modoc. did that joke? Did that did that joke joke not make an impact on you? Not enough for me to remember it specifically. I think he's he's just sitting there, just like spouting off um, exposition, and he he's like, "Yes, if I hold the pen like this, everyone oh, will think right. that I'm recording and not <laughs> talking to myself." And right. it's like, what a stupid thing to say. I remember it, that now. It, yes, it really, it really made me laugh. It, it it has I don't know it it's very charming and, and honestly I think the thing that it is all rooted back in that makes me like it the most like like you just mentioned the Deadpool fourth wall jokes which is like th- that's this entire comic book is Gwenpool breaking the fourth wall like she is constantly going oh this is a comic book I'm in a comic book I know that th- I know these things about these characters because I read these books mm-hmm. and. Deadpool does that stuff all the time, from time to time. And I I think because Gwenpool is just, like, this very charming, nerdy hero. Like, she, like, that, that the way this, the book ra- wraps up, kind of, in the last couple arcs, is her deciding to be good. You know, 
to be a to be a hero like the heroes she likes in these comics. And I don't I don't know if that's if it's just another level if it I would want to say that this is more clever than the usual Deadpool stuff. But I, I yes, it's much more clever. But also I feel like that that the fact that she faces the choice of be a hero or be a villain and she chooses to be a hero like in a very metatextual way is ultimately the thing that makes me like be so charmed by this book other than yeah i mean it's very funny uh and cute it, oh the thing that i the joke just popped out in my head the fact that they're doing that the the and that is the issue that deadpool guest stars in mm-hmm. is the 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 dnd quest that, yes. That they face the the this what this fake character and she's like you're okay. All right, yeah, mm-hmm. I, we're in murder world. And he's like no no how she's like come on man, come on and I I that that it, it's aware of so many tropes that we see all the time mm-hmm. and it is and Gwenpool is not willing to put up with this shit. She's just like come yeah, on man. She's not she's not going along with it. No, and that and that's that's, that's sorry, what's yeah, that is great. It's refreshing, frankly, when we just read we read comics every week that are like, dude, I know you're. This is a comic book. I'm reading it, man. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Come on, be smarter. I really liked. Um, it really felt like it peaked with this arc of. Um, was this? Was this it? Yeah, the. I'm trying to think if it was the one where. Is that the same one where the brother comes back, or is that a separate one uh, with the Gwenpool of the future, where she comes back, the villain? Mm-hmm. Was that the same arc, or was that a different arc? I mean, it's. I think it's the same arc technically. I think the brother stuff starts it off, but because he like, yeah, kind of brings her back to her. He doesn't really. He he thinks he's taking her back to the real their yes, origin right. world, but it's not. It's still just it's, a comic book. It's um. Right, and that that's what leads her to these world-breaking metafictional powers. Mm-hmm. And man, that like there's stuff in here that's good. This this arc is fucking indispensable. That's this is one of the best things we've read all year. That particular section of this book. It it made me think of. I mean, this whole book kind of dwells in that, but that section in particular. It makes me think of the Grant Morrison Animal Man. I get that. Except less pretentious, I feel like. Yes. Um, yeah. That's Grant Morrison for you. It's I, okay. I, I understand. And plus, that was, you know, 30 years ago at this point. I can't. Oh, yeah. I mean, we we needed Grant Morrison for what he was back then. It's fine. Um, this is still... God. It, 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 I think it's... It is. It, I feel like it is a definitely like I like Gwen as a character because she is me largely. Like I think that is. It's a lot of this book is it feels like a layup for me because it is a lot of the things I love about superhero comics. It is a main character that is a fan of comic books, and it is a comic book that is trading in meta commentary and and kind of twisting genres around and melding what is possible in a book and what you can do with comic books the fact that she is she when she fully develops hey she doesn't have any powers but actually she does she has powers that break the universe functionally because she can bend 
reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is. She can, she can throw Pace Pot Pete off the page. <laughs> oh, man, I love Pace Pot Pete being in this comic book. I, like, I, I mean, you're the one that taught me about Pace Pot Pete. I saw him on this page. I was like, well, I know Robbie loves this. <laughs> Fucking Pace Pot Pete's in here. Calling himself lame, even. <laughs> Yeah, when she finally like t- like she's like beating up him up, she's like, "All right, I give, I understand, I know I'm Pace Pot Pete. I really don't have much else. I have glue. It's not a great thing." And then he comes back and he's the tinkerer, and he's like, "Why would? Yeah, I can't say Pace Pot Pete. That's terrible. Why would I say that terrible Silver Age uh villain idea, Pace Pot Pete? But it's not a but." I feel like that's part of its charm, too, is the fact that it's unafraid of using Pace Pot Pete, using Batrock the Leaper as, as like, that whole, man, the very, that fact that Gwen at the end, when she's talking to Batrock, he's like, you're, you're, you're going to be different when, whenever you show up again, yep. you're just going to be another, like, lame that Cap hits with a shield in, like, three panels, and then you're done. And, like... It that and it, that and that's not alone. That like that one little scene of that appeal, that appeal of comic book fans that like these little weirdo characters that like Batrock the Leaper and Pace Pot Pete. You know, and, and it feels very in line with the way that Squirrel Girl has written that that Ryan North wrote Craven. You know, in Squirrel Girl and Squirrel Girl herself, who makes cameos in this book, like these weirdo little characters that you latch onto when you read a certain book and then they show up again and they're jokes and like, you're not supposed to care that much about bad rock. The leaper. He's a French stereotype mm-hmm. that gets beat up by cap a lot, but I do. And I care about characters like him and mm-hmm. it's not, that's okay. That's all right. There's a, and like this goofy, funny book has a lot of heart in it. Yeah. Has appeals to us woe begotten comic book fans that get punished a lot by for liking things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like and like I don't it, it and it does it like it's not and it, I think it's easy to say oh and it just it's doing all this in this meta commentary way and winking at the camera the entire time but that's not true because I like you that arc you mentioned where we get basically we get. Like adult Miles Morales coming back in time and saying he's gonna kill uh kill Gwenpool and you get uh what the terrible eye is now the Sorcerer Supreme and uh Vincent <laughs> the Doombot. Mm-hmm. Call me Vincent or Vinny. Uh, Just some some dude in a sweater vest <laughs> flying. Gwenpool sitting on his back. <laughs> so fucking weird. <laughs> Oh my god. And the fact that they are introduced as characters in this in this other version of them that are, is not anything like the versions that we know of Miles Morales in particular. And you it, it is introducing these things on both contextual and subtextual levels of us 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 seeing oh yeah Gwenpool's talking about how the, our favorite characters end up getting rewritten as entirely different or dismissed entirely and we never see them again also but then you get like these weird dystopian future versions of characters where you don't recognize them and you're like what why Miles Morales is not going to kill some people Miles himself is like 
you know, that's a big deal, right? Spider-Man killing people? Maybe mm-hmm. want to recognize that. Like, it is aware of, so smart and aware of the things it treads in, which is vital, because this book does not work without it. it it's Deadpool without that, <laughs> frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really where I thought it was going to go, that it was going to be, it was going to be very Deadpool, and I, Deadpool but pinker and cuter. I'm very glad that that is not what it was. I think when it's smart and actually says all these things that we're excited to read, you can you can give her an army of of pink hot pants men and fucking like lock her in a car and have her talk to Ghost Rider's head. You know, like I'm 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 here for it. Be fucking weird you know it's don't just say chimichangas i swear no this was it's i feel like it's been too long that it's been a lot of reading things and it being miserable this was every issue was a fucking joy it's very fun and like that's i think that's it 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 is it represents that's why i've liked it like I've, i've been reading and liking it so much is that it is like a perfect representative of what i want like I'm, I'm totally cool with superhero stories trying to be serious and and being meaningful. And certainly, there's plenty of good ones that, that do that. Even recently, you know, Vision, for one. Mm-hmm. But if you, I, I'm told, like escapist superhero books can have fun and be hilarious and can also tangle with and challenge genre conventions in a way that the serious quote-unquote books do and still be escapist fiction you know be like oh this is a fun time i'm not depressed after i read this you know it makes me feel good and i wish more people got that like this book reminds me of miss marvel in a lot of ways Mm because it is it is the same it miss marvel is also that kind of fangirl just genuine lover of superheroes except that she's in universe you know, she is a fan of the of the heroes in her real life. You know, she loved Captain Marvel and she likes Wolverine and Captain America and all them. But she is only she sees them as real people, as a living person that is in her world and is a hero. While Gwenpool is outside of it and is removed from that kind of idolatry. And that disconnection allows for all the stuff that happens in this comic book. And it's nice to just like read a book and laugh and go, Oh, that's, that's nice. That's Modoc's an idiot. What's going on? <laughs> that, oh, it's nice that the hacker guy gets his body back in the, that last issue. They go to hell and Gwenpool's like, why aren't we always fighting the devil in the Marvel universe? Like if he's really just the devil and we know where he is and he's like mm-hmm. a thing, why don't we just always fight him? No, no answers. <laughs> Nothing. Just crickets. Yeah, it's kind of the. There's a lot of. I I don't. It feels like very pointed critiques of modern editorial staff of comic books, superhero comic books, that I guess flew under the radar because I don't know. I'm I'm honestly glad this book lasted 25 issues because it's it's remarkable that it has. I wish it kept going, but. 25 is something. It's not six. You know, it's a lot. And the fact that 
it manages those last few issues where Gwenpool's like, yeah, I'm getting canceled. I have 40, I have 40 pages. Mm-hmm. It, that, again, it struck so close to home because I'm, like, it reminded me of how I felt when they said the new Nova book was getting canceled. Mm-hmm. When they brought back Richard Ryer and he was palling around with Sam and I was like, this is, book is really good. And then three, after three issues, they're like, it's only going to be eight issues. And I'm like, I only have five more issues of this. Then why, like, why would you tell me that? Why, what's, why, how, that kind of existential, like, damage you're inflicting on someone saying, this thing you like is only going to last this much longer. And then it's gone forever. Goodbye. And it's the character herself, not the one struggling, facing, facing my pain. I appreciate it. Also, I, I, we haven't touched on the art, really, other than saying it's good, but the art is good. It's charming I, and beautiful. Gurihiro doesn't get the, um, they don't, they don't get the recognition that they deserve. Um, and that is really, a, that's really a shame. Um, the, the, the pencils and inks are beautiful. The color is always solid. Um, I've probably told you this before, cause I looked it up because I was obsessed with their artwork back when I saw them in power pack, which that was fun to see that call back in there mm-hmm. that they, they did power pack and power pack, um, is specifically in this, um, Quint's like power pack and moon girl teaming up all on board. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I, I don't know why Gurihiro is not, like, a fucking, like, rock star. I, I, I was going to say that it's a it's a two-person team. Yes. Uh, it is not a singular artist. It is um, a, it is a, a they. Mm-hmm. And not, not just a, an agendered person. But, like, they, I mean, they don't speak English at all. They have a translator that has to translate all the scripts for them. And that's, I read that in the afterward, like Christopher Hastings thanks everybody at the end. And he's like, I want to, and the translator gets a little bit, gets their own little blurb at the back where they're like, yeah, this is great working on this book. It was great working with uh, Christopher Hastings and them working, like doing this book through that language barrier even is even like, it's another level of like, wow, that's very impressive Mm -hmm. of, of, them getting a script translated for them and then drawing that script and then communicating with the writer through Japanese and English, uh, having to I'm go back sure and forth. I'm sure that's very challenging. They, I remember an old conversation I had with uh, my old high school uh, buddy, Derek, um, about how they would get pencil tests back from Korean animators for the real Ghostbusters and they had put in the script that he hauls ass across whatever, and the character literally would would grab his own butt and run across the screen because they had no idea what the hell that they were trying to say. I mean, you know, lost in translation, to say the least. So I think it's hard enough to communicate ideas for art direction when you speak the same language. So I, I bet that was... I'm going to say both sides of, of that equation are working very hard. That's it's an, it's an impressive thing when you put at it, you, you look at it through that lens. Yeah. And Christopher Hastings himself is like, I, he, in that same afterward, he is like, uh, Guru, Guru Hero is my favorite 
collaborators ever that mm-hmm. no one, no one has come close because they they made this world real you know yes that's it's gorgeous it is this is possibly the best thing they've ever done and they did the best avatar the last airbender comics they did almost all of them actually uh and certainly the best ones and like it's reading their comics is like watching the show I mean, it's like 0% different. It, it is d- dead-on model. The cartooning's beautiful. The world looks perfect. The writing feels exactly pitch perfect. This is... I, I would almost say that Gwen, particularly early on, like, she's too cute, and it kind of is incongruous, you know, when she's out of costume. It kind of doesn't suit... The look of her does not suit at least how I'm how I'm thinking of the character, but I think I buy it more as I go through the series. I think it suits more the um, the more vulnerable side we see of her when she's um, you know interacting with her brother and doing all that jazz. Yeah, and I think that it she kind of, that character grows into how she looks basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. It, early on, she is thinks she's invulnerable and invincible because of the fact that, oh, I'm the hero of a comic book. I can't die. I'm important. I'm the main character. And it's only later on that she like like they 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 reinforce that multiple times early on about oh no this is real and you're vulnerable and especially the people around you are vulnerable. This poor little hacker kid, uh, first is a ghost and then is a big monster guy who likes pizza. Mm-hmm. Pizza's good, though. I mean, Purple Monster Guy does get to eat five pizzas at a time. It's a, it's a lot of pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fill-in artists aren't bad. It's the same complaint I have a lot about books like this, where I know that they do it because artists can only work so fast, and they want to have books out on a regular schedule, but five years from now when you're selling the unbelievable the Gwenpool the unbelievable hardcover collection you're going to open it up and what could have been a cohesive story with one writer and one artistic team instead is one writer and most of an artistic team and then fill in issues for here and for here and for here which some are you know more closely mimic Guerrero's style than others but Regardless, I can tell the difference. You know, it's not the same, and it's not that it's it's almost never that fill-in artists are outright bad. It's it's just I that continuity I think is important and and vital. And it seems modern day comics just don't care, at least not in superhero comics. Obviously, it's not a problem with creator own work a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's I think a strength of those books is. I pick up Saga, I know exactly what it is. I know who's I know who wrote it, I know who drew it. But this book I go, oh it's Goo Hero Oh wait, this is a non Goo Hero issue, isn't it? Man. And immediately goes, Oh, it's not. I know this book is different. Mm-hmm. Some of them are fairly subtle. Yeah. And, and like I feel like it could be worse, certainly, like because Guru Hero does do arcs, you know, like they don't just they, they're not cut off mm-hmm. in, like in three issues and then it's t- two issues of some of two other artists and then back to Guru Hero to finish an arc or something. It's generally, hey, here's a whole arc of them. But 
I don't, I, I feel like this is so short-sighted about, and it's something I harp on a lot, but it really bothers me. Because, you know, like, you think back to the new X-Men, Grant Morrison's X-Men with Frank Quitely, and then a bunch of other people doing an issue. And you like, okay, it hurts, did that hurt sale? did like that give you so, boost so many sales in 2003, whenever that came out or whatever, that it's not worth it to look at it now in 2018 and see, oh, it was actually a huge mistake. And now they just do it more? Like, it's very frustrating. I don't understand. Mm. Like, I don't, does it, like, you know, especially a book like this, this isn't the Avengers. Like, it is, it, like, it feels like it's contrary to what Gwenpool is as a comic. Because Gwenpool is about how these little tiny books and little tiny characters are vital and important. And your fandom of them is fine, is good. It's okay to like things that aren't the Avengers or Wolverine or Batman. Or double Batman, even. The thing that uh, we it always boils down to double Batman, doesn't it? It does. It comes back a lot. I'm thinking, like, if I was, if I had the choice between keeping momentum and tagging out another artist for a couple of issues while Guru Hero rests or catches up or does whatever, you know, if it was the choice between allowing that to happen and shaking up the world a little bit and the book dying on uh, uh in the direct market i mean i we're very lucky we got 25 issues of this yeah you know it's a weird cute fun thing and that's the that is god it's this unfortunate sad direction that marvel's going into that all the fun uh it, it seems like there's there's less um uh, Miss Marvels and Superior Foes of Spider-Man, or uh, I mean, you know, we're at least we're we're getting weird Black Panther in space for whatever odd reason. Um, I, it's not. I, I mean, it's, it, Marvel right now is in a weird spot because they're they they're so scared of losing more of their the marketplace after the disaster that was Secret Empire, mm-hmm. and they are like, we can't. It's okay. Well, I, that weird. I think Black Panther book is just them going. Taha Nisikotes is really good at that. He's a he's a name. We know him. Let's yeah. keep. Let's hit. Let him do the Black Panther in space book. That seems okay. Jason Aaron's on on Avengers. That's good. Let's get these names that we know. We can Donny Cates. Let's put him on three, four new books. Like let's get these names we know we like and people trust. And I don't. I I think I I imagine there will be another Gwenpool book. Eventually, they do it. They there was they gave Great Lakes Avengers another try, and they even make a joke about that in this book. But uh-huh. I think they'll Gwenpool a book that ran twenty five issues. I think they'll give it another shot. It's just a book like this, and this is I think it's it comes back to the direct market is kind of broken. This book is a kind of book that does better in trade, and Marvel's trade policy is terrible, and the way they market their books is terrible. And because uh-huh. I could, if I know a lot of people who don't read superhero comics generally. You know, they read Saga, they read Southern Bastards, they they read Wicked and Divine. You know, they love those books. They think they're amazing, and they are. I could t- If I showed them this book, they would love it. But where are they? How? How are they going to get this comic book? You know, where are they going to get trades of Gwenpool? They're going to go to the bookstore and buy the one trade that, that maybe the bookstore has? They're, they don't go to comic book stores, probably. Or they they buy stuff off of Amazon. You know they're not going to find out about Gwenpool. 
Like, this is a book that is meant made for people who don't like normal superhero comics, but guess where it is? It's when you, you go to a comic book store, it's on the shelf next to Ghost Rider or whatever. And you don't know, it, and it has the name Gwenpool, which you don't, you're like, what does that mean? Gwenpool the Unbelievable is like Deadpool? But it doesn't, like, they. it doesn't have the, the, you don't know what it is off the bat. It doesn't have the name recognition of Wolverine. You have to, be, like, give it a shot to understand it. And to market a book like this, you have to do more than just say it's in comic book stores. Well, great. Thanks, Marvel. You idiots. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 I I love this book. It it is it's sweet and it's smart and it's funny. It's beautiful. I I'm I'm glad we got what we got out of it. I'm yeah. I want more of it. Honestly, I just I could I could read another twenty five issues of Gwenpool easily. But we don't get that. We get double Batman. Mm-hmm. It's so important to pass that on. Uh, anything else you want to add, Eric? Anything we haven't touched on? <sighs> I don't think so. I think I'm pretty good. I think so too. I don't know. I wholeheartedly recommend Gwenpool to everybody. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's it is a refreshing superhero book that understands you've read a thousand superhero comics. I think, and it is a smart Deadpool. You know, the it is the smartest Deadpool, but also sweet and charming, which. Deadpool never is, except for like those two issues of Uncanny X Force when he's like fatherly towards a kid mm-hmm. apocalypse. I think that's the only time I can remember reading Deadpool where he's kind. Um, next time, next time in Nerdbook Book Club, we'll be reading Astro Boy, volumes one and two. I'm trying to get the. I think it's the Dark Horse. I believe it's the Dark Horse version of it. Check if that's where I bought it on the there. Yeah, it's the Dark Dark Horse version of Astro Boy Volumes One and Two by Asama Tezuka. Um, back to the classics, part of the canon, so to speak. I've never read any Astro Boy, so I'm excited. I expect Eric to rave a lot. We'll see. Okay. Um, I do have a lot of respect for uh, Tezuka. Uh, I'm. I don't know. I I really am not that well-versed in his work, so I'm interested to see what we do, how we feel about it. How we feel. Uh, but that'll be next time, two weeks' time from the uh, time this uh, time you hear this. Uh, I think that'll do it for us today. We are the Hands Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsboyscomicshour.com. Find links to everything there. Links to our Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour On Twitter, at hbchour. You can email us at handsboyscomics at gmail.com. Um, you can find me online on Twitter, like, once a day, at Robbie Dorman. Uh, Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can uh, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and see most of the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter. I am known on both as Easy Goodnight. That, folks, will call today. Have a good one. Rock and roll.